Welcome back to another episode of The Art Study of You. I am your host, Cameron Gilmore. Um, and we have a banger for you uh, on this episode. This is going to be one topic that a lot of people will replay and listen. There's going to be a lot of controversy, which is great. Um, some people will agree, some won't, but that's the purpose of this. It's the uncovering of somebody and how they arrived to where they are today. I want to thank my guest, uh, Kelsey. Uh, she likes to go by Kelsey because she wants to be known as Oprah. We're going to get into that because she knew about that as a kid. It's going to be fantastic. Um, she joins us all the way from Mexico, Viva Mexico. We have now five countries that are going to be listening to this. Hopefully bring on another six with Mexico. Kelsey, thank you so much for joining us super early in the morning. Give us about five, take about five, seven minutes, introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what you're about, uh, your passions, your loves, and obviously tell us about your why. Thank you, Cameron. Thank you so much for having me. Gosh, five to seven minutes. I'm like, I'm a talker, but am I that much of a talker? <laughs> um, yeah, well, I'm super excited to have everyone who's listening here as well. Good morning, afternoon, whatever it is. Um, yeah, so basically, all right. I'm like, where do we start? Ultimately, you know, I've been through quite the journey, right? So I, um, I lost my mom at 17 and I ended up uh, becoming a respiratory therapist a few years later. So I'm, I'm the, I got the, the, the job. I did everything right, you know, and maybe someone's listening and can resonate with that. So I got the job. I got the husband. I had the baby and I was miserable. I was unhappy and something wasn't right. And, um, I love my kid. I love being a mom, but uh, I started my business when he was six weeks old, started growing my Instagram, ended up getting a divorce and then just going full on in my business, which led me to here ultimately, which is in Mexico, running the new feminine, running the Sophia initiative, which is a nonprofit and um, ultimately living out my dreams, you know, and they're just consistently evolving, consistently growing. Uh, it's been that's like a minute. I'm like, oh my gosh, Cameron, how do I talk more about <laughs> No, no, no. So you you actually, guys, look, let, let's go back to what she said. She lost her mom at the age of 17. But there's a very unique story about your mother that you mm -hmm. told. We, we have, before we had this, we're interviewing today. We had a little conversation prior to this. And you said something about your mom. It's very, very interesting. But I yeah. want you to explore a little bit about. Please tell everybody what happened to your mom when she was pregnant with you in Canada. This is very unique. Yeah. You have to listen to the story. Yeah, it is really interesting. So like my mom was 17. She lived in like a tiny little town. She was dating my dad who was like fresh out of jail, armed robbery. Um, at, and he was like a drug addict as well. I'm not sure if we, we knew that at the time. But anyway, she was like losing weight. She thought she looked great. All these things. No idea if she was pregnant. Because again, she's like losing weight. Her clothes feel good. She's 17. She's chilling with her friends, skipping school. You know, she wasn't like the yep. best student. And um, and ends up going to the doctors, finds out that she's sick, that she has cancer, and she's also six months pregnant. So yeah, it was like very intense. My dad wanted to keep me. Um, my grandpa, obviously, you know, my mom was a minor. He's just like, whatever she needs to do to survive. So they chose to go ahead with chemo the tumor that she had like was as big as a football. So I was like tiny, like they didn't think that I was ever going to make it. Um, even a month before I was born, I was only four pounds, 11 ounces. And then it was like the laughing joke of like my childhood because in one month I gained like two pounds, which is like huge for a baby. And so uh -huh. they like literally were just like chunky, like <laughs> rolly, holy, like all the things. But um, yeah, so they actually like gave her chemo. She's the first woman to get like chemo when she was pregnant. They thought that I wouldn't make it. Um, she got chemo. They literally went in, 
moved me aside, took out the tumor, allowed her to continue with the pregnancy because she wanted to. Um, and Ursh, I think that she wasn't really sure, but my dad was, you know, super supportive and he was there. And uh, it's actually so interesting, Cam, because my mom is a strong woman and my grandpa tells a story. She did not cry once the entire time. He's like, she's having her beautiful, like hair cut off. She has no hair. She's going to these chemo treatments. She's pregnant, all these things. He's like, she never cried. And then he's like, one day I walk in to visit her on her treatment and she's crying. And my grandpa was like, he flipped out because he's like, this girl has not cried this entire time. So what's going on? And they had had her waiting for hours and hours. So it's like Papa Bear came in and just like got super upset, made them do her treatment. But all this to say, um, yeah, she ended up getting the chemo. She had me. She continued on with her chemo. And uh, that was when she was 17. And then she ended up dying when I was 17. And it was really interesting. There's so many crazy things that happened. Like some doctors took me aside. They have no idea how she died. It was like a mystery. Um, she, had, she had super bad cancer when she died as well, uh, liver and pancreatic. But most women don't last five years after ovarian cancer. And the doctor, one of my doctors was like, it almost feels as though God let her live until like you were able to like live on your own. It's like so beautiful, you know? And then like, I came into the world when she was 17. She left my life when I was 17. It's very interesting. So yeah, that's that. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's insane. I've only known another person to be, to have, be pregnant and um, have cancer at the same time. There was a, a lady I interviewed um, a, couple, a couple episodes ago she was uh, she was pregnant with her baby, and she talks about that journey, going through wow. the chemo, going through it all. She wrote a book. Um, Heather, shout out to Heather, and she runs um, she runs a, um, a international marriage uh, counseling service, which is fantastic. Wow. But to see, okay, she was the mom side. Now you are the daughter side of somebody who went through this uh, incredible experience, and to see you are how you are today, you're absolutely right. God had a massive hand in it. He had to, he knew yeah. that you had a purpose. He knew that you had something better. And you talk about that as a young and uh, early in your, in your childhood. Um, so help me understand, because I, we joked about it earlier and said, yeah, you want to be known as, you know, you want to be known as Kelsey, like Oprah, take me through that story because we want to bridge it. We want to bind these two, these two stories, incredible stories together. Take us through that story of how you knew at such a young age, that God was going to make you bigger than Oprah or as big as Oprah. Take us, take us down that journey and that path of that mindset at such a young, early age. Yeah, it's so interesting. And like, I feel like I had a really difficult childhood in the sense that like people were very mean to me. Like I got bullied a lot. And I think I had like nice guy syndrome. Like I was just like really soft and passive. So I kind of just like allowed it to happen. But it's almost as though like everyone knew that there was something about me. And because we moved a lot, we were constantly going to new schools. So I went to like seven, I think seven different schools growing up, which is a lot. And so I was always constantly, you know, like the girls hated me. The boys like had crushes on me. But like every, even like the guys, like I couldn't get I was always really deep. Um, you know, people have asked me, like, have you always been the way that you are now? And I'm like, 100 percent. Like I've been like preaching against the government, like the government doesn't love you since I was a kid. I've just always known these different things. And so I never really fit in with like the, the surface level masses and stuff. Even as a little girl, you know, like all the kids would be playing downstairs. I'd be sitting up with the adults 
and it would just be like the norm and they they'd mm-hmm. be like go play with the kids and I, it would be like they're beneath you type energy you know <laughs> yeah. and uh now I'm like an adult and I'm trying so hard to learn to play right I'm like it's like a, a challenge for me but basically ever since I was a little girl I just had a feeling like it's like I just kept being told like you're gonna be something big like I would see these like billboards and I would know like that's gonna be me like everyone's literally everyone's gonna know who I am and it's so interesting because my mom because she was so young and she was so protective of me, she didn't let me do any of the things, right? So modeling agencies would come after me, wouldn't let me, wouldn't, wouldn't be allowed to be a cheerleader, wouldn't be allowed to do the acting. Would, like I wasn't allowed to do any of the avenues that would have taken me there. It was like, no, like go in cadets, be good in school, kind of just like a very like square type like life. Meanwhile, inside I'm like, over time I got conditioned thinking, okay, okay, I guess this is the life I'm supposed to lead. But for years and years, it would be like, I'd be driving and I'd be like, I'm going to live in a big house like that. And I'm going to do this. And like, everyone's going to know who I am. And I just knew it at such a young age. And I'm still not there yet, but it's interesting what God places in our heart when we're really young, you know? Mm -hmm. I love that self-manifestation at such a young age. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. It's as a, guys, we, we, we go back and listen to what she was saying was she was self-manifesting at younger. And look, there's a difference between dreaming. Like I want to own a, I'm going to be a princess and own a, a castle. Nothing wrong with that at all. I want to be an astronaut going out, out of space. Nothing. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. But to understand the self-manifestation at such a young age and say, no, this is where I'm going to be. This is who I am. Deep down inside, this is what I want to be. And to be able to, to self-manifest that at such a young, early age, Oprah yeah. better watch out because somebody's coming on their heels. Somebody is yeah. coming on the heels. So yeah. you you moved around, obviously, a lot. Take us through that space because, look, you, you've already had a, a, a traumatic birth experience, right? I mean, that's just horrible. Gaining a pound, coming out, probably, probably tiny, tiny. And then now where you are, where you are, how was that period of, of shifting and moving and shifting and moving? Was it, is that what caused you to, to want to hang out with the adults more because you resonated with them more? You spoke a little bit about it, or is it you just like, didn't want to connect with kids because you're like, oh, I'm probably going to end up moving anyways. What's the purpose? Like, what's the, the, the balance that you had between all of that? Yeah. So it is interesting. Like, so a, I think like I, I did have a lot of trauma growing up, right? So um, I feel like I just didn't, like my dad left my life when I was three, okay? Mm. And that I'm only just now seeing was like a truly pivotal moment in my life. And you're probably like, how, how are you just seeing this? But I've done so much healing and I thought I'd healed through it, but I'm just very clearly seeing how him leaving was a complete loss of, the little girl that played and had fun and felt safe. So I didn't let myself play anymore after that. And my grandma says like, I was a depressed little girl. She's like, you were three and I've never seen such a sad little girl in my life, which is like super sad, you know? Um, And we only got happy when my mom started dating this new guy and she dated him for like a few years. And then I was like happy again, which you can just imagine, right? You're, you're zero to seven years, they're the ones developing your unconscious mind. So you can just imagine the type of things I've had to deal through with adulthood, being like depressed when there's not a guy in my life and being super happy, even though he's not that great. Like it's just been such a mess. But basically I think that that's why I wasn't playing and I just didn't feel connected because I wouldn't let myself play. 
and this is really deep here. Like, I think that the more that I've dissected and really healed this element of my dad not being there anymore, I think that I truly believe that me being myself, me playing, me letting loose, me just being silly, goofy and things like that were the things that made him leave. Because a little girl doesn't understand that, right? Like mm-hmm. a little girl just sees daddy leaves and then she starts trying to understand why. Okay, maybe it's because I, I shriek too loud or I play too much or maybe I made like a silly face, an ugly face. And maybe if I was just good and just did exactly what he wanted, he would have stayed, right? So I kind of became like that girl. So I like, I, you know, and just like really mature for my age. And then I was around adults all the time. The moving around a lot was really interesting because A, it caused me later on in my life, like since my divorce to continue that pattern of moving a lot Mm -hmm. and it's like a weird thing where even now I got back from Phoenix the other day and I'm about to go back to my usual gym and I've been here for two months and I can feel it inside me being like two months is too long it's time to move (laughs) and it's like no because I want there's a part of me that so deeply wants stability I've just never had it right so yeah that's really interesting there and then again I got bullied in school all the time because again I've like a you know, pretty little girl. It's like the boys, like shiny new toy. Like you don't even have to be pretty, but just to be the new, the new kid in school. All the boys are like obsessed. All the girls instantly hate you. <laughs> That's just there's, there's no coming back from that, right? Right. Which would be we'd be there for maybe a year, two max, and then I'd be gone to a new school anyways. So, yeah. <clears throat> Guys, man, look, she said something that I, I is like very impactful. And I want everybody just to kind of sit in the mat and just sit for a second and replay that last little bit of that two minute clip. I mean, look, she's saying that as a little girl, she identified early that once her dad left her life, she then started to wrestle with herself and say, well, maybe it was because I did this or maybe because I did that, maybe because of this or that. I I cannot even begin to like, as you were saying that I'm recounting the times that I was, you know, sitting with my kids and my, and my daughter's, you know, they're a lot of them are grown up now. They're, you know, teenagers and moved on. I still have one that's I have a bonus daughter that's uh, 10 years old. And, and I, I, as you're telling this, I'm like, man, the impact, the impact of a man, a stable man in somebody in their in your ch- children's life is massive. Mm-hmm. I can't, if you ever thought, does my me being a dad, a good a good dad, whatever, a good dad is a dad that just sits around and listens. I don't you don't have to really do anything. Who cares about money or where you can go or trips? Kids just want parents to sit and listen yeah. just be present and yeah. she's telling you from a byproduct of what she recognizes now that her dad left and now she questions everything guys that's massive like i mean that is ma- and i'm talking about look i'm not talking about like guys you know we, people get divorced if you're still in their life and actively trying to be in their life could have been a yeah. different story she's talking yeah. about she's talking about completely leaving yeah <laughs> yeah wow yeah. And you know, what's crazy is I spent my whole life thinking that he left only just to find out after he died that it was my mom who didn't want him in my life anymore. So it was like this weird thing where both my parents have passed away and now I'm finding out this new information. I was like, so angry, but then also I totally get it. And then just like my whole like world just flips up, upside down, but hundred percent, like I'm seeing it too. When I meet women who are super confident, high self-worth, all those things, I'm just always curious. And yeah, my dad loved me and things like that. And it's like, of course he did. I told like it literally, it shifts everything for a little girl. You know what I mean? And a little a boy as well. It's like, you know, I'm divorced. I have a, we co-parent and I'm so grateful that my son has his dad in his life, you know? Yeah. It's huge. Oh my gosh, guys. 
If you, this is a time if you need to get up and get some more water. I do. You can tell my throat's bad. I'm like I'm at but, the coffee this morning. <laughs> but we're but we're gamers and we're gonna play through this. That's amazing. Like that last segment alone could be an entire masterclass, a mindset training masterclass. It reminds me of a, a, a my buddy Craig Smith, who his mom got pregnant with him at a very young a, a very young age. And she made the decision not to have his dad in his, in her, in his life because of the choices that he was making. Mm-hmm. Now, I, now we can see the female side of it. We have the male side and the female side. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, I totally get it. And sometimes like, if I'm being really honest, like there have been times, actually a lot of my power has been to flip the switch. So for anyone who's listening, healing these things, it's like, okay, I spent my life being like the little girl being like, Oh, I hope, like, I wish my dad would just come and choose me and things like that. And becoming like the powerful woman that I am was to go, actually, I don't want this. Like, I don't want you. This is not good enough for me because let's really think about it. Had I have had a dad that was an addict in my life, he was a heroin and crack addict and alcoholic, even though he was the kindest, most nurturing, loving man, so good with me addiction is super intense imagine had he had been my life that probably would have been worse right Mm. so it's so interesting it's like how this is to me this is so god right like and there's so many lessons there too right because i did lose him and my mom and i'm sure we'll get to that later but yeah it's like so interesting so for me it was like a huge power shift to be like actually this isn't good enough because because of that thing with wanting to be chosen by the father, I'd always end up with men where it's like, I just wanted them to like choose me and love me. Now the power is like, no, do I even want you? No, I don't, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> not yet. <laughs> you all better sit down and buckle up. If you are not teaching your daughters to think that way, mm-hmm. not in a prideful way, not in a boastful way, by all means, we're not, well, that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is if you're not teaching, if we're not teaching our daughters to say, this is what, this is my worth is this. If you want, if you want my worth, I, you need to be elevated to where I'm at. And there's a balance between pride and confidence, pride yeah. and confidence, boastful and confidence. There is a huge, a huge balance. But, it, but the good thing is, is if, if, if men and if parents are teaching their, their daughters to be this way, then they have to be teaching their sons to be elevating to that, that level. Right. I, I always tell my kids, my daughters are, are, are at the age where they can start dating well, close to it. It's kind of scary. I said, if, you, if when your date comes and picks you up, if he does not open the door for you, I will walk out and pull you out of the car and say, you can drive on now. And they're like, are you serious? I'm like, 100%. Yes. In fact, we were at we were, we were the uh, uh, Walmart parking lot the other day. And I saw this young kid, young, he's probably young, probably 18, between 18 and 20. I open the door for my wife all the time. And she gets in the car. And I look over and he did the same thing, helped her, helped his girl in the car. And he was walking around and I had to give him a dab. And I just said, you keep it up. You keep it up. And he was like, thank you. And, and it may not have meant anything, but to me as a parent, it's like, okay, there are still really, really good kids in this world. Totally. A hundred percent. And I think that's so beautiful. And I'm, I'm the type who will stand beside the door until you come open it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So look, uh, we want to move because... I need to, when we talked to, prior to this, we talked in um, our interview today, you said something that I want to spend on because I think it has led up, the conversation we've had up to this point has led up to <clears throat> a beautiful transition. 
this feminine, um, I'm going to say it wrong. I've said it wrong probably 15 times now. Uh, vision is that you've created is this boss babe meets housewife. You can, you can be a CEO and still be a submissive wife. Mm-hmm. I, okay. We have, you have, we have got to unpack this because I, we all need to understand what do you mean by that? What do you yeah. mean by you can still be a, a CEO, a powerful CEO, and still be a submissive wife? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's, and I'm glad that we're talking about it because it is really like my mission. Um, and it is pretty triggering to a lot of people, right? But I think that like our society, we truly went from being like, you know, back in the 50s before the feminist movement type thing, we went from like having women being like what would now be considered a trad wife. So like a traditional wife she's at home with the kids type thing man makes all the money then we have the feminist movement which I have all my theories about that to be honest like it was not a female-led movement this was a controlled movement for a reason (laughs) right and the reason being is to get everybody in the workplace so now it's like back then a man could easily support the entire family now most men with a normal job could not support their wife and their family in any way shape or form i mean i do have friends who have done the math on the cost of daycare and things like that and they do feel like okay you know daycare in canada is like 2500 a month that's a salary right so it almost is better to just have your wife at home and then um you know he goes to work but so we, we went from this like traditional role to then going so far the other way. And everything is a pendulum in this life, right? And the Tao talks about this all the time, how we need to find center. But then we went to this other way where now we have these independent, ball-busting women who are super successful. But let me tell you, they come and work with me and they're lonely and they're bitter and they just want to be loved. And But they can't seem to find that. Or the men that they find are super beta, right? Because she's so masculine. They're finding men that are really feminine which is unattractive to a woman in every single way, shape or form. No woman wants a man that they can just control and who just does whatever she wants, right? Mm-hmm. So now we have this on this set, like side and I feel like we're coming back to center. So we almost have, if you go on Instagram and if you're in this world, we kind of have this war right now. The trad wives are pushing their agendas and they're bringing it back in to be a traditional wife. And I think that that's so beautiful. And I think that there are women who are, meant to do that but there are women like myself who I have a very strong like masculine energy I'm very ambitious I'm a go-getter there are things that I want to do but I also am the trad wife you know and I'm, I'm really going on both sides because this is your masculine side on the right this is your um, feminine side and when I was like 17 I was dating this guy who was much older so he was 24 and this is after my mom died and he like really like conditioned me to a lot of things wasn't the greatest guy, but he also taught me a lot. And he's like, he's like, man, why do you, he's like, why do girls like get all dressed up to go out clubbing, but then wear like sweatpants at home? And he's like, who are we trying to like look good for? Like your man or other men? And it's like, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. So I was young and I started like wearing like booty shorts and things like that for him. And then, and I kind of, I realized that I had that inside of me. Like, yeah, I do want to make this guy happy. Like he's my man. Right. Mm. Um, And then I ended up, you know, converting to Islam and finding that more traditional route, which very much like the woman is here to be beautiful for her, herself, God and her man. Um, And then I I learned a lot from there as well. And then I've always just kind of had this in me. So, yeah, it's this beautiful bridge of both and understanding that we can have both. And I almost think that it makes sense to have both because 
we have both energies within ourselves, right? So again, some more than others, there are some women, like one of my girls on my call yesterday, I was like, you, I'm like, you seem like the type of woman who does not want to work at all. You just want to kind of do your healing stuff. And you're kind of like a hippie. And she's like, 100%. And I'm like, that's so okay. You know? Yeah. And then the other one is a lot more like me. She's like, I want a business, but she's like, but I also want to be taken care of by my man. And it's like, okay, that's beautiful. Right. So it's really bridging those two things. So, so the movement guys, look, look, you gotta understand, like, let's go back to this. This movement isn't about what is being portrayed when you flip on the news or you flip on social media, right? That's not what she's saying. She's saying that you can be a confident, strong CEO of businesses. And we think of CEO business owners of like fortune 500 fortune, you know, fortune 100 companies. Yes, you can be. And I know a lot of um, CEOs that are uh, female that run massive companies, but you can see the other side of them of the balance of, Hey, I'm, I'm strong and I'm powerful when I need to be, but yet I've also just want to be loved. I want to be taken care of. And it's yeah. this, this, this balance that you've talked about, which I think is so massive. It's so cool because you're, you're, you're injecting strength. You're injecting power into uh, saying it's okay. Let's just teach you how to balance it all out because you, you're, if you're too heavy on one side, you can never have this side. But if you're too heavy on this side, you can. So it's this balancing act. Yeah. It's this balancing yeah. act. I, I love that. Yeah. Holy it's pretty cool. God. It takes a lot of teaching, though, because again, women who have been really conditioned to be independent, they derive their worth from being strong, doing it all themselves, not receiving any help. So for a lot of my girls, they're like, I want. Because let's be super honest here. The role of the masculine is to protect and provide. Mm -hmm. The role of the feminine is to nurture and to like support. Like those are our roles. You know what I mean? Yep. And so it's like, if we think back, like way back in the days, like a woman would choose a man who she thought would like be able to provide and protect her. And he'd literally give her a home, like a house. And then she'd create a home and then she would take care of him, which would allow him to continue to provide and protect her. That's like, that's where we're, what we're created for. And then we've completely thrown it all around, but women, even women who are listening to this right now, may, like, maybe you might have more than enough money to take care of yourself, but every single woman deep down wants that. She wants to be cared and provided for. And again, it's okay. Like a lot of my clients do have these elements of maybe she makes more money and things like that, but then he still brings in maybe there's some form of power thing. Like one of my, my couple friends, he's like a big guy and she's tiny. And he's like, she makes way more money than me. And she is way smarter than me, but he's like, I can crush her with one hand. <laughs> like that's their, like, that's where like it, it works, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah so cool. give us, give us, look, the people are all around. I told you guys we're in five different countries. Give us some actual items. What, you know, two or three points or action items that, that you can help that balancing act, right? It's yeah. okay to be, and we need, look, we talk about masculinity. We're, we're not talk, physically, when I hear masculinity, I look at the guys that are just, just stoked and yoked, you know what I'm saying? Like, like just a little side note, we were at um, the Scottish games uh, this past weekend. And this dude, <laughs> I saw one of the biggest dudes ever. My wife, when she listens to this, the hot wife is going to giggle because I had the biggest man crush. I'm like, that guy is massive massive so i think masculinity that's what i'm thinking 
Mm-hmm. Your masculinity is different and help us rewire and retrain our brain and thinking the difference. So give us, you know, one or two actual items that people listening to this can say, okay, if I, you know, step one, step two, and, and get us into that space, we can be better at understanding who we are. Yeah. So let's really start by like mapping them out too, right? So masculine energy, and I want you to actually think of the physiology of men and women. Okay. Masculine energy is decisive. It's leadership. It's purposeful. He's meant to be literally living on his edge, right? Think of a warrior. He's constantly pushing. So any man who's listening, okay, you made 5k last month, you made 10k last month. Are we pushing for 12, for 15, for 20? Are you pushing yourself on that edge? Okay. You've, you've achieved this level of intimacy with your wife. Are we going deeper? Are we, you know, are we consistently growing? That's the masculine, right? He's meant to be living in fear on his edge. It's penetrative, right? Think of the masculine energy. It's like, that's the energy. Whereas the feminine, it's the receiving, right? So the masculine is the doer. That's the one who's making your dreams come true. Who's going after the things that's the one who's disciplined. That's so it doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl. It's your masculine energy. Now the problem, and so this is what's gonna, you know, I'm gonna explain the problem so that now when I give you guys action steps, you'll know what's happening. That's how the masculine energy is meant to be. Cam, you seem like a great guy, high achiever, successful. You have probably conditioned and show, showed your girls and your family what it is to be a man. Most people don't have, maybe they have like a, a deadbeat dad or a dad who didn't do anything or whatever like that. So what happens is that the feminine loses trust that the masculine is going to take care of her. So she starts to do it herself. I can do it by myself. I'm like, I can do it. It's fine. I've always taken care of myself. I don't need anybody. Okay. That's a trauma response because she's never been cared for. So she's taking care of herself. Right? So the problem with most women is that their feminine is doing and their masculine isn't. So this is why she's so bitter. This is why she's so overwhelmed. This is why she has gut issues and hormonal issues. This is why she's overweight. This is why she's not dating anyone because she's, her feminine is in this independent, I can do it all by myself energy. But deep down, there's a little girl inside of her that's like crying to just be nurtured and loved and supported, okay? What needs to happen for a woman, let's say, is she needs to start applying better like structure, discipline, scheduling to her life and begin to, you know, she needs to heal the father wounds, heal the trust issues with the masculine. And she needs to actually let her masculine step up so her feminine can just receive. But she needs to know that she's worthy of receiving too, right? So there's a lot of things going on here. So biggest thing, schedule your life and start to like be more focused. Like, okay, from eight to four, I'm in my masculine, I'm running my business. Okay. Then we rest hard. You know what I mean? We work hard, (laughs) but then we rest really hard. Right. Um, so that's one way that a woman can start to kind of balance that energy out. Another way is when she's with a man, a ladies, if you're dating, choose a man that's very masculine, you know, like choose a man that you can feel has that more of that energy than you. And then I, when I'm dating, I very clearly tell him like, look, I make a lot of decisions in my life. When I'm with you, I don't want to make any decisions. So, so when I'm dating men, they're like, this is where we're going to eat. They're like, wear something nice. I'll pick you up at eight. They take, I'm like, where are we going? You'll see. They take me to the restaurant. They order for me. Like once they fully know what I like, obviously. And I trust, you know, and there's a trust level there. Like, I'm not going to let a guy order for me if I don't think that he's going to order the right thing or whatever it is. Right. So choose him wisely 
a man that you think can lead you and then you let him start to take the lead. So even if you're in a relationship and you want to start to bring that polarity in, anyone who's listening, the man really needs to become the leader. So he is leading the relationship. So like ladies, you need to actually step back and trust him. And what I tell couples and what I tell my clients is he might fumble a bit. If you've been running the show and running the relationship for so many years, and now you're asking him to step up, he might not know how to take the lead. He might not know. So don't like, you know, don't get upset with him. If he messes it up the first time, like let him learn, let him learn to take the lead. Um, you know, lots of praise, like, okay, he might not take you on your favorite date night spot, but can you just be happy that he planned the date and just be like excited for that? Because if you shit on him for that, he's not going to try again. You know what I mean? It's just like so crazy to me. So just be really gentle in that regards. And then for men, I think the biggest thing is to step up, like kill the nice guy, kill the nice guy. You know what I mean? Like that passive aggressive nice guy needs everyone to like me we don't need that that's what breeds like beta men like beta males we need men so kill that be okay with like if a woman doesn't like you you know like i i'm like i feel like i'm going on a rant but like when i'm with a man that's not that masculine i'm like i feel like i'm a bit him mm. and just before getting on this podcast i was messaging a guy and i'm like i've been trying to figure out why and i'm like oh it's because i'm literally unconsciously like trying to get you to put me in my place and I'm like you're not doing it so like you've been friend zoned you know what I mean and it was yeah. just like he's like friend zoned like what and I'm like yeah like this ain't it at all like you're too nice you know and it's like crazy so it's like kill that take the lead truly become in your power you know like I feel like a king doesn't care what anybody thinks he has strong boundaries he's purposeful he's pushing himself you know, he's working on his business, his goals, his fitness, all the things. So for a man, it's like you're developing those things that make you a man. And that's what's going to bring in that masculinity. And that's going to bring in that polarity between the sexes, right? Oh, my flipping. Look, I let you run. You got into your zone of genius. But guys, look, if you're listening to this on Apple or iTunes or, or Spotify or even on Audible, you need to go on to YouTube because when you watch Kelsey run down this path of her zone of genius, you instantly see the energy that she's talking about come out. Now she's had energy this entire, this interview, but what, what, but it wasn't until we got into her zone of genius that that energy switch flipped and you could see the passion that she has. She is basically saying, look, be a powerful, if you run your business, schedule your time. And then when you're home, like I'm not making any decision. I giggle, I chuckle on that because I have heard that multiple more times than, than, than not in, in my own, my own marriage. And it's so true when you, when you want to eat, I, I really don't care. It's like, take away men, take away the decisions and say, here's where we're going. This is what we're going to do and watch it blossom. I I've done it but I fall guilty of that more times than not. And what she just went down and explained to all of us, all of us is that balancing act, that beautiful, it's that symphony, that beautiful balancing act between, you know, masculinity and femininity, right? It's that balancing act of taking the lead when you need to take the lead, be in the forefront and then pulling back and letting go and say, fine, you lead it, you lead it. The men step up and, and become, I love how kings don't care what people think they run it the way they want. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, and at that point that you, those points 
that you made are unbelievably fantastic. Guys, if you're struggling in your marriage and you can't figure out why, do what she said. Do what she said. Plan a date. Plan and say, this is where we're going. This is what we're going to do. You're going to wear this. This is when we're leaving. We're coming back at this time. Plan it all out. Not do, do it once. You're probably, like she said, you'll probably suck at the first few times if you've never done it. But then do it constantly and do it consistently. And you will watch the blossoming happen. Oh, my freaking. At this point, I want to rip my shirt off and jump through my window and scream as loud as I can. Because that right there is fan-freaking-tastic. Holy crap. We are saving marriages today. Good. <laughs> Night of living. We're saving marriages. We're building people up. We're getting people out of this, this mindset of, well, I, I'm not powerful. I'm not strong enough. No, she literally is saying just, I mean, it goes back to these big power. I am statements, right? I am strong. I am power. I'm a king. I'm a queen. Like I am a business owner. Like I'm, but I'm a strong mother or I'm a strong father. Like whole, yeah. my, to say that we, uh, this is only going to be a little over an hour is just ridiculous. We could keep going, but we respect your time. Appreciate it. So let me ask this question. Staying on this, staying on this point. I love this quote. This is a quote that I pulled off your website. So have you ever tried to build something on shaky foundation, like something really tall and really beautiful? How high do you think something built on sand will go? Let me, let me read this again, because this is a monumental powerhouse statement. So have you ever tried to build something on shaky foundation, like something really tall and really beautiful? And how high do you think something built on sand will go? Can you please bring us into that mindset when you made that declaration or that phrase? What, what were you, what is the purpose behind that statement? Yeah. Um, I'm like trying to think of when I wrote that, but that's, and I think that this is where we really come into the like unconscious minds foundation. Cause I remember I wrote that because part of my story is that I built up the business super fast, right. Within like, you know, when I'm, when my son was born, I started building my Instagram account, but then probably around like, I maybe started coaching like December, January, something. And I wasn't really getting any people, but then come May, I was like doing like 6k per month, June, 10, October, invited to LA way above 10k. Um, I was like literally living, living my dreams and I completely self-sabotaged it. And it's, I think it's super important to talk about because I actually hit my highest month ever in business last month, flew to Phoenix, was on a big podcast. And it's so interesting, the like war in my mind that I've been in the past few days. Um, and I'm someone who's like, like, I know this stuff, you know what I mean? I teach success yeah. and all the things. And I feel like a lot of people don't talk about this stuff enough, but it's like, you can try and build whatever it is that you want. But it's like, if you don't have the proper foundation and I mean like the energetic and like the mental foundation, like people do not understand what goes into actually building success to actually building wealth, to actually building anything above your norm, your little comfort zone, which most people that are listening, your comfort zone and your, your blueprint is built from when you're zero to seven. So whatever that life looked like when you were zero to seven, so mom and dad arguing all the time, you know, 
or maybe they had a beautiful relationship or parents not having any money, right? Like I'm thinking about all my clients and all of our life stories. That is generally the blueprint. So the minute that you start to come out of that unconscious blueprint, your mind does absolutely everything to bring you back into safety, into your comfort zone. And generally our comfort zone is not a source of comfort in any way, shape or form, but our mind is literally wired for survival. So it's like, if you do not have the proper like mindset foundation, the physical foundation also for a business, like I feel like your foundation is absolutely everything. The energetic foundation. So understanding the masculine, understanding the feminine, because let me tell you, I got super sick when I built my business that first time. Like that's when I got hit with, I got told I had autoimmune issues. I had to go to the hospital. I had like inflammation. I gained 20 pounds because I was fully in my masculine. I had no idea what it meant to be in my feminine. Um, and then again, I reached this like high level of success. Like people were literally like taking photos of me. People were recognizing me on the street. Like you're that girl. My Instagram was bigger than it is now. Like it got deleted, but, um, it was like everything that I'd been dreaming of everything I'd been told when I was a little girl. And again, I didn't know that I just, I was still that little girl that didn't think she deserved to have a dad. So what did I do? I'm obviously not going to deserve any of that. So I let it all go. And I didn't let it all go thinking, oh, I don't deserve that. No, no, no. Your unconscious mind is a supercomputer. So my unconscious mm-hmm. mind was like, oh, you're not happy. You don't like this. Your business isn't working. Meanwhile, I'm doing like five figure months. But your unconscious mind literally tells you what it thinks you need to hear to bring you to safety. Because again, it thinks that you're in trouble, right? So it's like a little kid. Like you're going to tell a little kid, even though they're in a candy store and they're super happy, but you think that the candy store is going to burn. You're going to tell them, baby, there's candy out there. Trust me, there's candy out there. Come. And then the kid is going to follow you, right? Mm-hmm. But so that's what your unconscious mind does. So it like completely like sense, right? But out of love and out of protection. And uh, it's like, if you don't have that, you're not going to get anywhere. Oh, <laughs>